0: mental health journey can start anywhere. It doesn't have to necessarily start with counseling or seeing a therapist, right? You don't have to do that if you don't want to. There's studies that show that the coping skills that we learn in therapy can also be very beneficial in our own life skills, whether it comes to work, whether it comes to wealth generation or whatever if we're gonna be honest if we're gonna be honest you ain't telling your boys everything that's going on with you welcome home family you are in the inspired house i'm desmond davis and it is so good to see you again and I, I wanted to do something a little different if that was okay with you. I wanted to maybe get from behind the desk over there and just kind of hang out a little bit. I'm feeling a need to just have a little bit of movement. And so, you know, I set up the rig to be here in in the main kind of office space where we shoot a bunch of different content. Uh, and, you know, broke out the pool table. And today, y'all, I wanted to talk about mental health. Right. So if we had to break this down as a room, let's call this the therapy room. Yeah, this will be the therapy room today, y'all. And today I just wanted to talk a little bit about mental health. Obviously, the importance of mental health and all that comes with it. But um, just some things I think that we don't really consider. But before we do that, before we break into the conversation, got to break into this pool table. I'm not all that good, so don't be laughing. But, yeah, y'all, ooh, actually, hold up, I love it, okay, so we're gonna be stripes, so, I don't know about you, but when I started um really talking about mental health or getting involved in mental health, it wasn't really until college, nearing the end of college, um. For those of you who, who may not know, I'm finishing up my master's in social work with a focus on counseling and clinical work and looking at the, the mental health dynamics, specifically of young men, um, anywhere from about seventh grade to becoming young adults. Right. And so for me, mental health, wasn't really a big, um, discussion we had at our house even though my mom was a social worker and had to do a little bit of mental health stuff. And I'm not saying that my family was like the mental health is a nasty bugaboo type thing. Let me see if I get this. Uh, you don't. Know. Um, but if I'm going to be honest in terms of discussions, we didn't really talk about it like that. And I think it's so important that we have these discussions and there are so many benefits when it comes to mental health and discussing things like therapy, first and foremost. And yeah, there's studies that show that the coping skills that we learn in therapy can also be very beneficial in our own life skills, whether it comes to work, whether it comes to wealth generation or whatever, if you're an entrepreneur, um, like I am, I'm learning there are some days that are very, very disappointing. And uh, there are some times where you can get really frustrated. And when it comes to understanding those things and coping with those things, yeah, having a plan and everything is great. You know, I am just, I am not, I am not getting it done here having a plan and stuff is great, but sometimes you just need to be able to know how to cope. And uh, you can learn that the hard way by going through disappointment after disappointment, or you can get some help. I meant to do that. I don't know if you saw that, but I meant to do that. And so as we look at our mental health and as we look at things like therapy, We're already seeing there are some opportunities for us as people to really benefit from the techniques, from the conversations. And I think especially for us as men, conversations that we may not be readily having. Again, like I said, coming from the college space, not really until I graduated and started my own job working in the college space. Did I really have conversations about my mental health? Did I have conversations about therapy and, and excuse me, and things like that? Because I just wasn't all that, I wasn't all that informed. I wasn't all that, all that well understood. And we already talked about the fact that there is a financial opportunity and, and I'm going to just call it like a blessing that comes with, um, doing therapy, getting counseling and kind of working out, uh, the things that need to work out. But those were our conversations that we had. And I think now it shows up where there are, when it comes to our mental health, especially as men. And I know, um, a number of people listen to the podcast, but just real quick to the guys. Having someone to have discussions with, having someone to um, really get. Clarity from and and bounce questions off of in a safe and judgment free zone, right? Because if we're going to be honest. If we're going to be honest. You ain't telling your boys everything that's going on with you. If we're going to be honest, all right there are some things that are going on with us that we never tell our friends about. We never tell our boys, right? And these are the same boys that if something popped off or if we need to go fight somebody or something worse, you know, we're we're calling, we're hitting them up. But those unhealthy thoughts you were thinking, those thoughts that deal with self-harm, or anything worse, you don't talk to your boys about that. You might listen to some sad music or something else, or you might drink this or smoke that, but you aren't really talking to nobody. And that's an excellent space and place to bring in a counselor, to bring in a therapist. Another thing to think about is there is also opportunity that I found as I've engaged and embarked on this new journey of one, being a father, right? Um, being a father for sure, but also, hold on, but also the process of becoming an entrepreneur and starting a coaching business and having a speaking business and trying to figure out all those things. And what, what do y'all think I should hit next? You know what? Uh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go all solids, right? And then we'll hit the stripes and then we'll go for the eight ball. And so having someone to talk with about some of the things that I'm dealing with in this new phase of my life has been invaluable. And I would highly recommend it. I highly, highly recommend it. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing I don't think we think about is if we're trying to hit our goals, if our goals, let's say we're trying to hit any goal within the eight core categories of life. Let's say if it's the career goal, we're looking to finally leave our nine to five and finally start that clothing brand, which sounds wavy. But you know, just as well as I know, there are a lot of things that go in that process that if we're not careful, right, We can get caught up in here. We can get caught up in the paralysis of analysis. And sometimes something as simple as having a counselor can help deal and help respond to a lot of those negative thoughts that come to mind, right? Sometimes you just need to get those thoughts out to someone and have somebody just help you sort it. What I found most helpful with a counselor is the fact that I can have someone who I'm talking with And I'm giving and I'm putting all these thoughts out there and literally. It kind of looks like this. Having a counselor really looks like this. If every one of these pool balls were a thought. And I'm sitting here. Wanting to play pool. And to play pool. I got to get all these things organized. A really good counselor. A really good therapist. Their job isn't to tell you the answer of your thoughts. Part of what their job is, is to help you get all of these thoughts together, right? They're here to help you get all of these thoughts together and they help you get clarity, right? not by telling you what to do, but they help organize thoughts. They help the, the, the best counselors and therapists that I had. They were ones who were able to help me get my thoughts organized when I'm, they're helping me get clarity on a particular subject. They're helping me, you know, so that when it's time to figure out my thoughts, right. And I'm realizing when, you know, I'm thinking this and I just don't know why this keeps coming up and it's like, well, Desmond, have you given it enough attention and time? have you set up an appointment with your thoughts? No. Well, let's start here. Let's start here. Desmond, you're about to be a father. How do you feel about that? I'm excited, but I'm a little worried. I'm a little nervous. Why are you a little nervous? Well, because I, I don't know. Well, okay. What are some other things that come up? Let's, let's talk about those. And then all of a sudden things like finances show up, right? And now I'm trying to, or now they're helping me organize my thoughts and, helping me organize where I'm at in a lot of the process. And now I'm realizing, oh, my nervousness of being a father is because I want to make sure that I'm a really good fighter, right? That my baby girl has the best of everything. And before I know it, these same thoughts that were all over the place have now been gathered in one spot. And not only that, we've been able to organize and get these right where we want them. So that when we finally leave the session. We have organization. And when we have organization, we have a better chance. At attacking our goals with clarity. This is going to be so whack if I if I mess up this break, because this analogy is fire. That analogy was fire. Even though I scratched on the break, that analogy was still fire. But that's the idea of counseling. That's the idea of therapy is to have someone to help you with the process of getting clarity and organization of our thoughts. And again, I think there's also some like there's different mindsets. There's different thoughts and opinions, when it comes to therapy, when it comes to how we process things and to each their own. But one way I like to look at it is that my mental health is one of the most important things I can invest in because when I'm mentally healthy, when I'm mentally clear, I can be at my best. A lot of times the things that are holding us back and yeah, your boys are ambidextrous. I can shoot with either hand is crazy. A lot of times the things that are holding us back is our own thoughts. It's our own. Self-limiting beliefs. Mindsets. Fears we have about. How we get clarity. I'll know about you, but have you ever been in a space and place where you were worried about thinking certain thoughts or letting yourself go somewhere mentally, maybe it was a task or something, and you just keep ignoring it, right? I it. Technically, that's a scratch. But these self-limiting beliefs and mindsets, right, that if we're not looking at our mental health can be the main things that are causing us to get stagnant. These can be the main things that are holding us back from our potential. These can be the main things that are limiting our ability to have meaningful relationships. You know, some of us in our relationships, you might get things like, oh, you're emotionally unavailable and that can be true. But it's because you're probably emotionally and mentally backed up. Playboy, you need therapy. You don't need another girlfriend. You don't need another boyfriend. You need to get buddy buddy with your therapist. <laughs> And I think the, the the point of this discussion and why I want to address this is because I think there are some things that go on in the mind that we deem in our own life as normal because we don't have the wherewithal to talk with someone to realize that certain thoughts are not okay, Certain thoughts are not normal. Certain thoughts need to be addressed. Right now in the Bible, it says, Right, take every vain thought captive, right? The Bible also says, think on these things, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are of a good report, whatsoever things are lovely. Think ye on these things. And that's great. But sometimes we need help. Currently, right now, as I'm finishing out my masters, I'm in uh, internship mode. Anybody remember internship mode? And for my internship, I am working with the athletes of this school to make a mental health and life skills program. Really cool stuff. Using a lot of this stuff here with uh, video editing and course creating and all that stuff to make the program. It's going to be dope. I'm definitely, I'm definitely crushing this internship thing. I'm not crushing this pool ball though. That's for sure. This pool table was kicking my butt. But one of the big focuses is on the mental health aspect because as someone who was a high school boy playing football, who took time to make friends and everything, I was thinking and feeling things that I, I had no clue, right? Um, I lost friends. Right. Tragically, I lost family members tragically, and I didn't talk really to anybody. I didn't do any counseling. Excuse me. I prayed about it. That's cool. But that wasn't enough. Right. And here's the thing, there's nothing wrong with admitting that. Right. I think sometimes we get into this mindset that like, oh, you know, if if I just only pray about it, it'll be cool. It's like yeah, prayer is excellent and prayer is needed, but you, you need to talk with somebody. Right. The Apostle Paul said, right, physical uh, physical exercise profiteth li- little, and that's true, but he didn't say it doesn't profit at all. If you have an amazing prayer life, but you don't take care of your body and you're eating a bunch of junk 24-7, I don't care how good you pray. Family, it's only a matter of time until so your body breaks down on you. And the same thing could be true for our mind if we're not taking care of our mental health. And so with some of these boys that I work with, I'm making it my emphasis to to really see where their emotional intelligence, right, and their mental health currently is and to test and see where that's at. And I wish somebody helped me with that. Like I told you all in one of the earlier episodes, my senior year of high school, I lose my uncle, my auntie, I think another uncle. I lose my grandfather who used to live right across the street from me as a kid. Um, my very first football game of my high school of my senior year. Right. Uh, I'm doing a little thing with the pool stick, giving myself some space and y'all didn't see that. Uh, for those of you who might be watching on a, listening on a podcast thing, we do upload the video. So you might want to see the game I'm having cause I'm up there cooking. Uh, but I was, I lost so many people and then I tear my ACL and lose my dad. And I don't really talk to nobody. I don't get no type of help, no type of, um, mental help. You know what I mean? Cause I was just, I was just assuming I was fine. And I didn't realize the trauma that stuck with me, right? I think that's also another thing I wanted to discuss with y'all is this idea of what trauma does and how sometimes I think we can make the habit of um. the furthest we get into our understanding of mental health is to acknowledge we have trauma and then our story in our life becomes trauma. Trauma, 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 trauma. Which is true, but... We don't look for solutions. We're not looking for opportunities to try to better ourselves. We're not looking for ways to get healthy. We're not looking to talk with nobody about it. And we get really good at explaining why we do what we do because of our trauma. But we don't take no time to discuss and break down how we're breaking those cycles. How we're going to go about the process of making ourselves better. How we can look at our trauma and learn to heal, learn to grow, learn to be better. Right. When I was in school, um, as I'm finishing up my master's, one of the courses we were in uh, talked about how to diagnose and how to properly respond to certain things um, using the DSM five and all of that. And we talked about different ways of treating um, ailments and illnesses and addictions and stuff. Uh, responding to traumas and, and figuring out and diagnosing if somebody, um, might have a particular disorder or whatever. Wasn't really my jam, but there was, um, a one particular form of treatment that I was really a fan of. Let me shoot this shot. Oh, you dirty dog. Why did you not go in? Okay. And. That form of treatment of that model is called the recovery model, right? I want you to look it up, look up the recovery model. Here's why I like the recovery model. And why I use parts of this, even in my own coaching in the programs and things that I do, it's because it's built off of a couple of premises. Hello, the first premise is that the goal is not necessarily to get someone better through medications, right? That's not the goal it's not even It's not even on the board of what we're trying to do. The second premise is this idea that if we can help someone get the emotional resources that they need and the social resources that they need. We can help someone properly deal with the symptoms of whatever disorder they have or whatever thing that they might be dealing with. Okay. And through that, someone can live a very happy, prosperous, meaningful life. Now again, this is called the recovery model. You can look this up. This is an actual form of treatment. And it's and it's really it's really powerful. And here's and here's what they here's what we're taught, um, some of the pieces we're taught in terms of how we introduce this. And it's one, whether it's somebody who has an addiction, whether it's somebody who has a disorder, it's the process of getting um, helping that person to find a sense of meaning, a, a passion. Oh, a calling or some something of some sort to get them involved in. OK, so that's step one. Then the next step is to look within that person's community. OK, look within this person's community. And to help them establish and find those relationships that are meaningful, whether with, whether it's with family, but if it's with family, we hope that we can grow that to also friends. And if it's with family and friends, we're hoping that we can grow that to neighbors. And if it's with family, friends and neighbors, we're hoping that we can grow that to uh, the greater community or whatever. And so that they have these meaningful connections and they find a sense of duty or some type of purpose and something that they can do. And what we tend to find is that some people um, can be treated and have favorable outcomes without any medication or anything else. Just off of this idea of getting someone established into a place of purpose and to get them in a place where they're finding support and accountability, love and trust within a community. That's how powerful connections can be. So if that can work like that with finding support, how much more than can we get done when we try to embrace maybe some counseling, and some therapy? Again, I bring this up because I'm only telling y'all what I do. Right. Uh, one of the beautiful things about being a, a, a grad student is when I was undergrad, I wasn't, I wasn't smart enough to take advantage of all the resources and all the things that were available. But with your graduate program, you get an opportunity to run it back and try again. And so I am taking advantage of these resources. You hear me? Yeah. And so when we're thinking of mental health and we're thinking of those stigmas, especially whether we're looking at any of the eight core life categories, I would be remiss to not, I would be remiss if I didn't say. That your mental health, or your lack thereof, or wherever you stand at currently, can greatly affect the other seven. We're seeing people who are dealing with mental health and who are having, who are in um, crisis, who go and they and they hurt other people, and it's really sad. and And then there is these questions on, man there's these questions on if this person had resources, if this person had help available. And sometimes they do, but it seems more than more often than not, they don't, they don't have someone to talk to. They don't have someone to talk with. And, and we get caught by surprise. It feels like sometimes with some of the disasters and some of the, the, the horrific things we see happening communities. I think, A lot of when I think of even the communities and the places that I come from and what I see certain culture, it's clear as day that there is definitely a a, a need for healing, but there's also definitely a need right to to get to get our mentals checked. Right. I think it was a who was it? It was a Marshawn Lynch beast mode. He used to talk about making sure you got your mentals right, bro. Because it's just if you don't if you're not handling your mentals, he, he used to say, he says this, if you're not handling your mentals, it don't matter how much chicken you give, you gonna mess it up. He don't he don't use the word mess it up, but I can't say what he said, right? Because I try to keep the podcast clean. Um, But yeah, like you gotta get them mentals right, family. And so, oh, don't scratch, don't scratch, don't scratch. Ooh, you dirty dog, you scratched. So as we're looking at how we're handling our mental health, Here are some things I want us to think about, right? Just a few thoughts. I want you to consider cool. So the first thing is this being concerned about your mental health or prioritizing your mental health is not a weird thing. It's not a bad thing. It it doesn't mean that you have a mental health issue, right? You can have the best day ever. You can have like the perfect life. You should still prioritize your mental health. So that's step one. That's point one. And making sure that we understand, right. That mental health is not weird. It's not, it it should not be stigmatizing, right? If that's a stigmatizing or weird thing or a weird point of view within your family or friends, Then just let me be the first to tell you then that maybe your family and friends may not be the best ones to 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 go to or trust on this particular situation. Right? I come from a Christian background, right? When it comes to when it comes to Christian background, we Christians can get real weird and judgy when it comes to the mental health piece, right? Like, oh I don't trust those doctors and all that other stuff. And it's like, okay. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Number two, your mental health journey can start anywhere. It doesn't have to necessarily start with counseling or seeing a therapist, right? You don't have to do that if you don't want to. There There are a number of mental health practices that we can commit ourselves to that can have amazing results in our life. Journaling is a great one. Looking at... Pos- looking at journaling or getting a journal and, and writing and writing out some prompts, having some consistent prompts that you write out, right? Um, That can be a great way of really addressing your mental health and getting started at the very least. Real talk, y'all, breathing exercises. That's the other one that I have written out here. Breathing exercises is a great way to really get working on our mental health, right? Because if we get working on if we work on calming ourselves down and controlling our breathing, we can usually then control kind of our own level of anxiety and stress and get our body kind of girded again, get get both feet on the ground and get a sense of control. Obviously, um, therapy counseling, I think is a really good one. I think another thing uh, to keep in mind for point two, that when we're looking at counseling, when we're looking at therapy, um, you might say, well, Desmond, I got my boy or I got my girl who I talked to, my friend, right? I tell them everything and that's all well and good. I would say though that maybe just maybe you consider, dang, I, dang, I, I lost the game. I sunk the eight ball in, oh well. You ain't gonna tell nobody, right? Cool. But I would say y'all that maybe just maybe consider the capacity and the bandwidth of your friend Consider the fact that your friend may not be a mental health professional and even if they are a mental health professional, you probably shouldn't be talking to them about your mental health. Right? Cuz that's just kind of ethically kind of just, you don't do that. Right? But consider the compa- consider the capacity of your friend and where your friend or your or your family is before you just unload on them. Now, I'll be the first to tell you your family or your friends, right? If they're decent anyway, they'll tell you, hey, come to me with whatever, right? And I'm the exact same way. I'll tell my friends and family the same thing. You need something, or you need to talk, let me know. But at the same time, probably should get some mental health. Probably should see a counselor. The next point I wanted to cover really quick is we all have a very, broadband and wide-spanned levels of of our mental health, right? When it comes to our mental, right? We Some people might have more robust. Um, some might have um, where they're really struggling, right? Where they have really poor mental health. Um, and those are things that need to be considered whenever you're dealing with somebody, when you're talking with somebody, when you're engaging with somebody. Let's make this a career thing. Let's go to the job space. When you're working in your job and you're managing a team of people, that team of people have a, have a varying array of mental health. Where they're at mentally is different, where they're at emotionally is different. And, and I think if we try to do a one size fits all cookie cutter type thing, we, we run the risk of doing more damage. I was sitting in on a talk where there is this person who um they were on like a billionaire Zoom call and they talked about how they the, one of the billionaires really focused in on their sales team, right? Check this out. They really pay close attention to their sales team to the point where one of the members on the team lost a family member. Okay. Trek with me here. One of the members on the team lost a family member. And in that process, the, the manager, the billionaire took it upon themselves to get grief counselors, family counselors. And I think another type of counselor and put meetings on every, on the entire sales teams, uh, basically their calendar. Right now, why did he do that? He says he did that because he realized, right, that the mental health component is one of the surest things that will slowly show up and creep up in a workspace. And if people are dealing with grief at home, they will bring that grief to work. And so it behooves him as a leader, as a clear, staunch leader, billionaire, whatever, right to to make sure that they're paying attention to the needs of their team Now their team is making good money. They're getting commission and all of that. That's, that's, that's all they're already doing the money thing. But if he doesn't take the time to pay attention to the needs of his team and be as proactive, but sometimes reactive when necessary and get something like a grief counselor, get, get help and meet those needs that may not necessarily be in the benefits those are the pieces that help make powerful teams, and the same can be said, right? If you're working a nine to five, if you know somebody's going through something, don't act like it don't exist. Respond, check in, see how somebody's doing. Get them resources. Get them connected with HR if need be. Whatever you got to do, do that thing, because those are the little things that help build big communities and strong communities. Okay. Last thing that I think we really, that I really want to make sure that we acknowledge what you don't take care of in your body, what you don't take care of in your mind will eventually show up in your life. It'll show up in your relationships. It'll show up in your body and literally physically physically. Right there, there are so many studies that talk about the damaging effects of stress and anxiety on the body, and how that puts some people in early grades. And sometimes the stress that people are dealing with are things that's not even work. It's the traumas and the and the family baggage and and the the unprocessed and un and unresponded anger and feelings that we just kind of put on the back burner and we keep trying to be numb to it and think that it's not eventually going to boil over boil over at some point. And oftentimes it does. It's so important, family, that we take the time to peep and be honest with ourselves about how we're doing and how we're feeling. How we're thinking and how the thoughts that we think. and the emotions that we feel. Are directly tied how we process and how we go about life. And we can only be as good as we are disciplined and we're only disciplined when we're investing in ourselves mentally and emotionally. And I think one of the shortest ways of doing that is getting a counselor. Journaling. Doing an audit of your thoughts. Setting time aside to really sit with your thoughts and really think things to its most logical or most rational conclusion. There are again, I said this before, but I'm going to say it again. There are some thoughts you refuse to think and there are some places mentally you refuse to go and you know that there are some things you need to deal with, but you're not doing it. And it might be because, you know, you have a lot of people who depend on you, so you really can't afford to go there mentally, because if you go there mentally, you're not sure you're going to get back. It sounds like you shouldn't go alone. It sounds like you shouldn't go alone. Look, in our in our goal and in our pursuit of being able to be well-rounded, in our pursuit of wanting to be able, whether you're coaching with me and we're going through creating eight uh, strong brand statements or value statements that we're going to use to really push and guide our life towards our goals, right? Or whether you're just listening to the podcast casual, the mental health component is one of the most important things that we can spend time on. And I really encourage you, whether it's through counseling, whether it's through journaling, whether it's through meditation, whatever you do, right? Prayer, whatever, all those things are great. Just take the time to really address the thoughts. And just how you take the time to listen to me, consider listening to somebody else. Consider listening to someone who's in the professional help industry. Those type of people who can help you sort out these thoughts. And through some work, through some dedication, through some consistency, and a whole lot of transparency and a whole lot of vulnerability, I really believe that we can be at mentally. Healthy and mentally strong community. And so, hey, y'all, I appreciate y'all so much for the time. I appreciate y'all watching me attempt to play pool. Um, I'm more of a ping pong guy. So, you know, it is what it is. Y'all don't want that work, though. Please believe that. But hey, make sure you're taking the time to look out for yourself mentally. Because again, we need you in the community. We can't build community, right? There is no, there is, you can't have community without you. We need you to have community. So take care of yourself mentally. Do what you need to do. We'll have resources and other things available in the description below, but we'll see you next time in the Inspired House. And yeah, peace.